Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we dive into real conversation about photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And now, let's dive into conversation. Have you ever had a conversation with a fellow photographer, a business owner? Maybe you've said this yourself. I went to bed last night and my mind was just racing. I have so much to get done. I have so much to keep up with. And I just couldn't clear my mind. And so I didn't fall asleep until 1 or 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Ever had that conversation? I know I have. I've at least heard it. I've probably said it myself. And, well, that is very much tied to the topic at hand today, which is task and project management. We have a lot to keep up with, a lot of things to get done as business owners, as photography business owners. And if we don't have a good system in place to manage all that we have to get done, then there's a good likelihood that it's going to get just, it's going to be cluttered in our mind, washing around in our little brains and distract us from whatever task might be at hand, whatever conversation might be at hand, and certainly from the good sleep that we so desperately need. So we're going to talk about task and project management today. First of all, for the benefit of clearing your mind, and I'll talk a little bit about how to do that here in just a little bit. But then secondly, just to have an organized way of managing all that you have to keep track of. This, this idea of randomly writing things down in sticky notes that can easily get lost and you don't know where they are and then what needs to actually get done next. Uh, or maybe you occasionally write something down on the note app on your phone or maybe occasionally in Evernote or in a notebook. or It's, it's a very haphazard approach to managing tasks and projects. Uh, again, a high likelihood that that thing can get lost or at least out of sight, out of mind, and then you forget to do it. And, uh, well, there are so many different consequences from something like that, depending on what that individual task or project was. So in addition to clearing your mind, task and project or having a system for task and project management is going to enable you to just simply be able to keep track of all you have to do in a more organized manner, ultimately being a more effective business owner and having more freedom and flexibility in your life. Now, before we get into kind of the nitty gritty of how to go about this process of better managing all you have to get done, I do want to recommend a book called Getting Things Done. And a good bit of what you're going to hear today is uh, are, are principles that I learned from David Allen and his book, Getting Things Done. Now, I will say, if you think this is a nerdy topic, uh, David Allen's book is an absolute nerd fest. And it does kind of, honestly, it's a pretty wordy book. It could have probably been about half the length that it is, as with many business books. But I will say that what he has to teach in that book is incredibly powerful when it comes to better managing all that you have to, to get done. And you might think, well, you know, as long as I just get the thing done, that's all that really matters in the end, right? Well, that would be the case if you had one or two things to get done each day or you know, just a few things to get done each week. But we all know that that's not the case if we have our own businesses, especially as sole proprietorships. And in fact, even more so if we are just one of many on a team in a business, there's so much to get done. So check out David's book, Getting Things Done, if you want to dive in even deeper, great resource. Now, I already mentioned tasks and projects, and it's important that we differentiate between the two, and really for one primary reason, and that is to avoid overwhelm. If you were to write down on your 
whatever you've been using until now is the sticky note we'll just say if you were to write down on that sticky note build new website and that was the that was the thing you'd look at that get overwhelmed stressed out and put it off and as I've, uh, I'm sure has happened so many times in our photography industry, you know, three or four or five or six months or a year later, you finally get that website done. Why is that the case? Or what's one of the primary reasons why it's easy to put something off like that? Well, it's an absolutely overwhelming task. And, and actually, the problem is it's not a task, it's a project. Now, a project is made up of multiple tasks that need to be, incomplete, need to be completed in order to complete the project as a whole, right? A task is an individual activity that needs to be accomplished. A project is a group of multiple activities or multiple steps or tasks that need to be completed in order to accomplish something. And building a new website is just that, right? You gotta, you gotta find a designer and then work with the designer on the design itself. You gotta pick the images. Maybe you've gotta design a new logo and really designing a new logo is a project in and of itself. There's just, there's so many steps to building a new website. So as long as you know how to differentiate between projects and tasks, uh, first of all, it's going to help guide you in picking the system to implement. But then secondly, it will make managing all that you have to do a lot less stressful because you're appropriately breaking things down the way they should be so they're not so overwhelming. So keep that principle in mind. And then one other principle or set of principles to keep in mind as well is the importance of categorizing your tasks, the things that you have to do into two separate categories, proactive and reactive. Now, at the least, you should be keeping mental note of whether or not each of these things that you have to do or you're writing down in your task management system, project management system, are proactive or reactive. Ideally, like the system I'm about to tell you, uh, share with you here in just a second, uh, you're going to be able to actually label those individual tasks accordingly. But each thing that you have to do on a day-to-day -day basis, at least on a business level and, certain, and likely in a personal level as well, each of those things can be categorized proactive or reactive. Now, what do we mean? In the context of this conversation, on a business level, a proactive task is something that gets you closer to increasing your bottom line, gaining a new client, making more money. You are a business owner. I'm assuming you're a business owner. Really, task and project management is not as big a deal if you don't have your own business. If photography is just a hobby or you get to be the individual photographer that's working for a larger studio, they have to manage all the, the dirty work, if you will. Um, then this kind of stuff is probably not as applicable. But if you're a business owner of any kind, this kind of thing is extremely important. More specifically, proactive tasks are what is really most important to running a business because you are trying to build a business. You're trying to make money, trying to get more clients. So a proactive task is that task or set of tasks, project even, that is going to help you build your business, increase your bottom line, get more clients, any and all of the above, that is a proactive task. If you wanna look at it from the personal side, a proactive task is something that is going to get you closer to reaching a personal goal or set of goals, maybe crossing an item off a bucket list, that's a proactive task on a personal level. Reactive tasks are those tasks that, on a business level, have to be accomplished in order for your business to exist, but, it likely doesn't require your involvement and it probably doesn't increase your bottom line, right? So let's, let's just take accounting, for example. It has to be done. And actually you can take some of the information that the accountant 
delivers to you or puts or helps you establish in your QuickBooks account online, for example, uh, you can use some of that information to build your business. But the actual act of accounting is very much a reactive task. So accounting, editing, maybe in some cases album design or some of your email and the list goes on. These are things that have to get done in your business, but don't necessarily require you. They can be delegated or outsourced. And well, they probably aren't going to increase your bottom line. On a personal level, a reactive task, again, similarly, it has to happen in order for you to have a decent existence as a human being. You've got to you know, wash the dishes, do your laundry, uh, clean the house, this kind of thing. But these are things that don't necessarily require your involvement and probably don't get you closer to reaching your personal goals. So that's proactive versus reactive. Now, just as a kind of a side note, um, if you are striving to be a productive business owner who also has some time left over, my recommendation to you is that at least 75% of your time is allocated to proactive tasks. If you look at your task list and most of those things are reactive in nature, uh, you've got a problem on your hands for multiple reasons, but you're certainly going to be way busier than you need to be you're not going to be as productive as you need to be, and you're certainly not going to be as free and flexible as you could be. So how do you get to that place where 75% of your time is spent on proactive versus reactive tasks? Uh, three steps. If you're taking notes, very quickly, delegate or outsource. If, if that thing doesn't absolutely require your involvement, of course, I'm going to use editing as, as, a, as the primary example, not just because I own an editing company, because it is by far the most time-consuming process or task in a, a photography business, especially a wedding photography business, that doesn't require your involvement. Your clients, 98% of the time, cannot tell the difference between whether or not you process that image or somebody else process that image. Um, and any argument against that idea is ego-driven. I'll just put it out there and say that. Uh, this, we, we get very obsessive about our artwork. And, and I know what it's like to be a photographer. I shot weddings for 10 years, and I was that that just obsessive editor that spent way too much time processing my images. But the notion that your client, um, and again, we'll, we'll say 98%, right? There's always exceptions to the rules. I get that. But 98% of the time, your clients aren't going to tell the difference between your editing and an editing company or an in-house editor that you're delegating this work to. And you've just then gotten, been able to, to, to get rid of a massively time-consuming task or set of tasks in your business that can then free you up to do the things that will actually build your business, that will free you up to go spend more time with the people that are important in your life. But delegate or outsource your accounting, your editing, your album design, maybe some of your communication, anything that you can delegate or outsource elsewhere to a third-party company, to an in-house person, um, whatever the case might be, get rid of that stuff. Get it off your plate so that you can focus on those proactive tasks that actually need you involved. That's step one to 75, 25, three to one ratio of proactive to reactive tasks. Step two is to simplify. Now, we as photographers, artists, types, um, it, it's easy to get caught up in all the hardware and all the gear and all the toys and all the pieces of software and all the Photoshop actions and the Lightroom presets and all these exciting things, right? Let's be real. A lot of that stuff is just a distraction from what actually needs to, to, to be there to get the work done that is truly associated with our business model. And by the way, you say, well, what's a business model? What does that have to do with this? If you don't clearly have established what your business model is and your target client and what your brand is about, then it's gonna get easy to get confused. And you are gonna try all these different things and there are gonna be a lot of moving parts in your business, unnecessary moving parts in your business. 
And as a result, you'll get distracted. You'll be wasting a lot of time. So get rid of the unnecessary moving parts in your business. This is a conversation that I've had not just with photographers, but uh, even within my own company. We don't need any unnecessary moving parts. Get rid of those, simplify the processes. It makes life so much more enjoyable if you do. And then step three to focusing on the proactive versus the reactive is to automate. There are great tools out there that are either free or inexpensive that you can take advantage of to automate some of your business. Uh, tools that I've used, IFTTT, if this then that, uh, just go to ifttt.com, uh, automate some of the kind of small, mundane, busy work tasks that you might have to accomplish as a photography business owner. Another one that I really love is called Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com. Calendly helps me automate setting up appointments, phone calls, Skype calls, coffee appointments, drinks, whatever it might be. It automates that process, takes away the necessity for back and forth. Somebody can look at my calendar, grab a spot that works for them. Boom, done. It's awesome. I can't tell you even just a few months that I've used it, how much time I've saved using that tool. It's really, really great. But there are who knows how many tools out there for your phone, web apps, et cetera, that enable you to automate some of what you have to do for your business so you can minimize the reactive work, the busy work, that back and forth setting up an appointment, that's busy work that's wasting your time. Take advantage of a tool like Calendly. You'll be glad you did. All right, so that's proactive versus reactive. Let's get on to the tools, and then we'll talk about how to use the tools. The tool that I use, and I'm going to go ahead and just mention one today. We could, we could have a whole show about the different tools available for task and project management. That would truly be geeking out, nerding out. You don't need that. I'm going to recommend to you a, a tool that I currently use and have been using for a while called Todoist, T-O-D-O-I-S-T.com. It's free to get started and, and use it really, I think, for an endless amount of time. Uh, if you want to fully take advantage of all of the, the functions or the, the, the functionality, the features, in the software, then I think it's I think it's like ten bucks a month, and again, some of the best ten dollars a month that you'll spend, you spend that easily on Starbucks. You probably in a day, maybe a couple of days, um, ten bucks a month, more than worth it. Todoist.com. This tool is available on pretty much any platform you can think of. I think the last time I looked at the list, it was like ten different platforms or something crazy like that. Uh, certainly, and this is the priority for me. It's got a web-based interface. That means I can access it anywhere. It's got a mobile interface. Uh, again, I can access it anywhere. And of course, that's going to mean that it can sync synchronize from anywhere to, well, anywhere to my phone, though, that I take with me. And uh, then they do have a desktop app for Windows and Mac. Um, so I can get to it anywhere. It's always accessible. And I, I will add this as well. It is easy to use. It's as clean an interface as possible, simple, streamlined, easy to use. And... I just can't, I can't recommend it enough. In fact, and I'll just add this in too, for those of you who are working with anything from an intern to an employee, even working with a third-party company, and you want to be able to delegate tasks to these people that you're working with, you can do that with Todoist. It has the functionality or feature set built in that enables you to be able to delegate tasks. The people that you delegate to don't have to even have a membership with Todoist. They can create a free account. They can get tasks from you. So Again, I can't recommend this tool enough. I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but um, check out todoist.com. Now, the other reasons I'll get into uh, a little bit more kind of practical um, and nitty-gritty detail here of, of using a task and project management system specifically based, uh, at least in part, on David Allen's Getting Things Done book that I mentioned earlier. Todoist has these components that enable me to, to use that GTD, for short, Getting Things Done, GTD methodology, uh, but to do so in a very, very simple manner. 
Todoist has a an inbox, an, an inbox, and we talked earlier about the idea, the importance of being able to clear your mind. That's one of the significant benefits of having an actual system in which you manage your tasks and projects. By the way, this is aside from whatever studio management software that you're using. I understand that uh, these new studio management uh, solutions have project management built into them, at least to a point that enable you to manage what you're doing with your clients. My recommendation is to have a, a, a system that you're using outside of that as both a work and personal solution to task and project management. So anyway, back to Todoist. The first thing it has that is really important is an inbox. And that inbox, especially if you're going by that GTD methodology, is the place where you can unload your mind. You can clear your mind. You can dump, do a mind dump, if you will. You've got all that stuff rolling around in your head, and that's what's distracting you. That's what's keeping you from sleeping. That's what's keeping you from remembering all that you have to get done and being as productive as you can be. The inbox is kind of your place to go to just unload. And if you have never used a task and project management system, go ahead right now, go download Todoist. You can get it for your phone uh, or for your desktop or just go online and create an account. Go to the inbox and you're going to just start writing down just kind of, and I can't remember the, the phrase that, we, that the teachers used to use in um, middle school or high school when they talk about just kind of free form writing. Um, just unloading your mind on paper, not worrying too much about grammar and sentence structure and this kind of thing, but just writing. That's what you need to do in your inbox with all your tasks and projects. Just write the stuff down. You can go back and organize them later. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to do that. But the inbox is your place to just unload. And by the way, this is a really great tool. If you're out at a conference or you're meeting with a client and you need to take notes and write these things down to act on later, don't write it down on a piece of paper don't write it down in some, you know, your notes app or whatever it is. Write it down in your inbox and then make it a practice once or twice, uh, at least once a day, maybe you know, three or four times a week where you go to the inbox and you take those things and put them in the appropriate locations. Again, we'll talk about that here in just a second. So the inbox, that's the number one tool that really needs to be in this system that you use. Again, I'm going to recommend Todoist. Next, projects. Now, to be clear, when we said earlier projects are made up of multiple steps, that is really true. So if you're going to, for example, start or build a new website, that is a project. You need to create a new project, and you can do that very easily in Todoist. But projects also act as categories. And if you read the Getting Things Done book, it talks about the idea of categorizing your tasks. So for me, if you're looking at the Todoist app, and maybe you, can, uh, maybe you can listen through this podcast episode once and then listen through it again as you set up your own copy of Todoist. But you'll notice in Todoist they have projects, and I personally use projects both as categories and as actual projects. So for example, I have my, the first project on my list of projects is called shopping, and that's very simply for a grocery list. As my kids remind me of something that we need at the store or I see something that I need at the store, I can go ahead and put it in my shopping list. Next time I go to the store, I just pull that up and boom, I've got it. We're good to go. Uh, and I can, I can check it off the list as I purchase it. I have the next project, or, and actually in this case, I'll call it a category, but it's, a, it's under the projects list. is personal, just very simple personal tasks. Uh, I have a work category. I have a content category. If I want to write down ideas for content to produce for Photographer's Edit, I'm going to write down those ideas here, maybe for, for the Boca podcast. Uh, research, I have another category called research or project called research. This is where I can write things down that I think I need to, or I want to spend some time looking into or researching. Maybe something, somebody mentions a book to me or a website to me. I can write it down there. And then Saturday mornings are kind of my research time. And I can go research 
those things at that point. I can go back to that list. And, uh, and then I do have actual, or I have had actual projects. And, and again, just as an example that it will use, since it's most applicable to, or one of the most applicable ideas for photographers, if I was going to build a website, whether it was for a photographer's edit or a photography business or for the book of podcast or whatever, I could create an actual project there in Todoist called very simply build website. And under that project, then I would begin to list out the steps in order that I need to accomplish in order to, uh, that I need to complete in order to accomplish that, that project. So that's projects. And then of course, tasks, pretty self-explanatory under each project, you can create tasks. And then um, labels. Now I mentioned earlier, proactive versus reactive. Uh, labels are the way that you're going to be able to tag those individual tasks, proactive or reactive. And what's cool about that is you can then sort by proactive or reactive tasks. And we'll talk a little bit about a schedule here in just a little bit, kind of the daily workflow, if you will, using a task and project management system. But those labels, being able to tag your, your, uh, your tasks according to um, whether or not they are proactive or reactive. And then if you want to get in, be even more detailed about it and kind of follow the, the David Allen methodology, you can even tag those individual tasks based on where you're going to accomplish those particular tasks. So for example, in my system, I currently have the labels in addition to proactive and reactive computer, uh, because some things I may not want to try to get done on my phone, but I definitely want to on my computer uh, errand. So this is something I need to actually go out of my apartment and go do uh, home, something that I'm going to do at my home, proactive, reactive, and then talk. Um, you know, you might back in the day, this may just been have, have been labeled phone, but these days we talk through so many different means. Um, we could also have, have, instead of talk, it could just been communication, but my other label there is talk. And that represents any type of communication that I might have to do. And I can tag the task accordingly. So these are the labels that I have set up now. You don't have to go to that extent, but if you do want to organize, and especially based on the workflow that I'm going to recommend to you here in just a little bit, if you want to categorize your tasks, proactive and reactive, which I do recommend, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to create those labels, proactive and reactive. All right. So let's talk a little bit about due dates. And uh, this is important to address because the typical to-do item on a list, uh, at least in, in time past, uh, when, when you hear a task, that needs to be done. It, it seems, I think there's an association with a thing that needs to be done with when it needs to be done by. And that's not necessarily always the case. So the cool thing about Todoist is you don't have to actually assign a due date if you don't want to. Sometimes it's gonna be necessary. If you, have to, if you have a deliverable, for example, that you maybe not keeping track of in your studio management software, uh, maybe there's something that needs to, needs to be done for taxes or uh, whatever the case, if you need to assign a due date to it, you can. You can do so very, very easily. And uh, the cool thing about Todoist is it enables you to be able to create tasks in a very natural manner. So if you say, uh, if you're creating a task that says, um, complete this task by next Thursday, um, you can use natural language like that in order to uh, assign a due date to it. It'll assign a due date. In fact, uh, that is one of the kind of side benefits of using a system like Todoist. It's very intelligent. So due dates, yes or no, I don't recommend it for everything because I think it's really great. And again, we'll be talking about this workflow here in a second, what this looks like as, as a 
business owner who is in business for himself for the sake of flexibility, not for the sake of being constantly bombarded with due dates and things just kind of looming over my head. Uh, I don't want to sign a due date to everything, but I do have that flexibility. My recommendation to you is that uh, you focus on finishing three or four tasks, important tasks each day. And, um, and then for the few things that you occasionally need to sign a due date to, you can do that. We'll talk about those three or four tasks a day here in just a second. So let's actually get to that. In fact, let's talk about daily workflow. Um, and, and just to sum up where we're at thus far, we did talk about the importance or the, the significance of having a task and project management system to clear your mind, keep track of what you have to do in an organized manner. Uh, the book, Getting Things Done by David Allen the difference between projects and tasks and why you don't want to get overwhelmed. So make sure you break true projects up into, well, that you create a project from those tasks, those things that need to get done that require multiple steps. There we go. Finally got it out. <laughs> um, that you do separate between projects and tasks. Of course, the importance of proactive versus reactive and focusing on the proactive. Todoist.com, that's the tool that you're going to go to. And then in the uh, inbox projects, tasks, and labels, that's the basic categorization uh, or basic sections in which you're going to work, <clears throat> excuse me, within uh, Todoist. And then uh, we talked about due dates just briefly. Again, not absolutely necessary. If you want some flexibility, don't assign a due date to it unless it's absolutely necessary. As long as you're then following this workflow that I'm going to share with you, you'll be fine. So let's get to that workflow. Because by the way, the last thing that you want to do is have use your task management, task and project management system is just this kind of place where you dump things because you feel good about putting it into a system, but then you don't actually get them done. Uh, so it's important, especially if you're not assigning a due date to every single thing that you put in there, that you have a system uh, with which you approach the system. <laughs> there, there are multiple systems uh, here in order to get things done effectively and efficiently and ultimately maximize your free time. So First of all, let's talk about a daily schedule. And, and you know what? I'm not going to even get into my complete daily schedule, kind of my ideal schedule. What I specifically want to allude to is the what we, what we just mentioned a second ago, the finishing three or four tasks for the day. Uh, in a book called The Power of Less or Power of Less by a guy named Leo Baubata, B-A-B-A-U-T-A. Uh, Leo's got a blog, or he did have a blog. I'm not sure if he's still writing that. He's very, he's kind of the epitome of the minimalist, and he wrote a, a really wonderful blog for quite some time. And then I think maybe even to minimize the moving parts in his life even more, he stopped writing that blog for a little while. Anyway, I, that blog, I would assume, is still online. You can search that, but then The Power of Less, uh, you can check that book out as well. I think he's got one of his more recent books that you can download um, is even free. So check that out through the Amazon store for your Kindle. Leo's book, Power of Less, he talks in that book about the idea of three to four MITs, or most important tasks for the day. And again, if you're trying to maximize the amount of free time while also maximizing your productivity, making sure that you're mo uh, moving your business forward, my suggestion to you is certainly to put email off until at least later in the morning, maybe 11 o'clock. Ideally, if you're in a situation where you can, wait until 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. People are going to email you, your inbox fills up, then by 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you get in there and you just knock them all out, respond to all of them and be done. If you are in a situation where there's a lot of communication that happens in your business and you don't have someone that can assist you with that or you haven't outsourced or delegated that yet, uh, then maybe 11 o'clock and 3 o'clock each day or 11 o'clock and 4 o'clock each day, that's when you deal with communication. But excuse me, make sure that you don't actually, that you don't push 
that, um, I'm sorry, that you don't do the email, the communication first thing in the morning because it's easy to get distracted by that. And that includes social media, by the way. Put all that stuff off until later in the day. First, deal with those MITs. And uh, so when we're talking about a daily schedule, very simply, my recommendation to you is that you, for the first thing in, in your day, maybe aside from doing a little bit of exercise, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of reading, dive into your three or four MITs for the day. While your brain is still fresh, while you're raring to go, while you're ready to get things done, knock out three or four proactive. When I say MITs, these are most important tasks for the day. Uh, they're most important, um, well, f- probably for multiple reasons, but first of all, because they're proactive in nature. They're moving your business forward. They're helping you build your business. And that's why you should allocate your most awake hours, if you will, to those tasks. So once you've gotten going, you've got your coffee, maybe you've got a little reading done, got a workout in, dive into these three to four MITs, and you're going to pull from the proactive tasks on your list, knock those things out. And then the cool thing is, once you've done that, you know that you've moved your business forward for the day, and everything else that you accomplished that day is gravy. And if you only want to put, and I will say this as a side note, I think most sole proprietorship photography businesses could probably get away with, and, and, and this is comfortably get away with working 20, 25 hours a week, if that, actual, actually doing work yourself. I'm not talking about you know, the, the stuff that you're outsourcing, delegating elsewhere. I, I mean, the actual time that you yourself put into your business each week, shooting 20, 25 weddings a year, or 50 or 60 portrait sessions a year, you could easily work 20 or 25 hours a week if you were doing it intelligently. And part of the way that you do this is by focusing on what's actually important. And in this case, what we're talking about, the three to four MITs for the day, do that every day. And then everything else, if you want to put more time in, great, but you know that you've done something very proactive in nature, everything else is gravy. And if something pops up later in the day and you want to go do that, you want to go ride your motorcycle, you want to go for a walk, you want to go get coffee with a friend, you can do that knowing that you got those MITs done for the day. And by, by the time you get to the end of the day, whether that's you know noon or one o'clock for you, if you've got a really short schedule or four or five o'clock in the afternoon for you, go ahead and take some time, move those MITs, the next three or four MITs into your uh, or today into the uh, today category in your copy of Todoist. There is a today section. You have today and the next seven days. Uh, this, of course, has to do with actually assigning a due date, but. If, if nothing else, if you're not assigning due dates to most anything else, at least assign a due date for the next three or four most important tasks for the following day so that when you get into your copy of Todoist the next day, you're ready to dive into those three or four tasks, check them off, feel good about yourself, and uh, you're going to be able to move your business forward so much more efficiently, so much more effectively, and ultimately, again, have more freedom and flexibility in your life. So, that's that. That's task and project management. I know we've gone deep today. I know this is, feels a little bit nerdy, but I promise you that if you're willing to implement what I just shared with you, which I mean, we've I've been talking with you now for about a half hour and it shouldn't take you any more than about that amount of time to set up the software, start entering things in, start creating your projects, add your labels and even set up the next three or four MITs for tomorrow and you'll be good to go. This doesn't take a whole lot of time to implement as long as you're disciplined, as long as you're consistent with it, it's going to make a massive, massive difference in your business. Thanks, guys, for listening in. I really appreciate your attention to the Boca podcast and look forward to connecting again with you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast. Please let us know what you thought by leaving us a review in iTunes. 
If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.